Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Acts 3.19, like I said, I'm super excited about, thank you, Mike, super excited about uh, the topic tonight and Actually, I've been wanting to talk about this now for, for several weeks, maybe a few months, and, and I finally got the go-ahead in my heart to let, let's get into it. Actually, I told Steve before service, he, he was asking me, you preaching tonight? And I said, or after the morning service, yeah, I'm doing tonight. I said, are you leading? He said, yes, all right, good. And he said, uh, I said, I'm going to try to, you know, we've had a lot of services. I'm going to try my best to, to, to keep it brief, and I think I can get this, keep this brief. And then I, as I got into it, I got a lot more stuff. So this isn't going to probably be a one, one-time deal. Uh, but, but hopefully I don't scare you off. So you come back to hear the rest of it. But, um, I, uh, excited, like I said, about this topic, any topic in the word of God is freeing. The Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will what will set you free, man. Thank God for the truth of his word. Even times maybe when it's painful or people don't like it, if it's true, there's freedom attached to it. And so we get tonight to experience some freedom. Did I tell you where to go? Where did I say? What did I say? Acts 3, did I give you the verse? Did I say 3 at 19? I did. All right. Well, I should have. I should have. Who's already read it? Be honest. All right, y'all. Anybody who's read it already, you're already a little bummed out? No? Okay. All right. I just want to check. Acts 3, 19 for all of you good spiritual people who are listening to your associate pastor and not moving on. Acts 3, 19, it starts with repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Woo, what a great scripture. How many love the times of refreshing that comes from the presence? Have you ever experienced the refreshing of the Lord? It's awesome. No matter when, when you're experiencing going through tough times, just getting into the presence of God. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can. It's not for an elusive select group. It's available to anybody and everybody. But there is something that you have to do. You have to push past some things sometimes. But there's a place in your walk with God that he wants you to know and understand and come to live in and live out of that's a a refreshed place. You know, life always tries to make us take out of us and and tear us down and deplete us. Well, our relationship with God is one that refreshes us and equips us and strengthens us. And I'm grateful for refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. You know, that's pastor. That's one of his, his big hearts, the things that he wants. He wants the presence of God here. We want the, as a church, we want the presence of the Lord here with us. And you know, if we get good at, at, at communing with and, and contacting and getting comfortable with, I think John G. Lake said it's by the act of will. I forget the exact wording he said, but it's by the, a person's choice of their will that a person puts themselves into contact with the presence of God, the spirit of God. And it's an act of will. And, and this is great training ground for us. This isn't just religious duty. This is great training ground. We get to come together and, and put our flesh aside when we are tired, you know, and other things are going on. Maybe a ball game we really wanted to watch or something we'd really like to eat, you know, or, or something we'd like to do. And we set that aside and we put our attention on God and we give him everything we've got. I tell you, we, we get to learn how to do that together. But, you know, that learning when we do together is for you to take home on when you're by yourself on Monday and and Tuesday and Wednesday, and, and maybe your boss is, is not being the nicest, you know, that the presence of the Lord follows you to work, even in those situations. And you can tap into that. And that's part of us being a light to the world. So if we walk out of that, it'll affect how people view us, but also affect how people view the Lord. It'll open them up. Have you ever said, what's something different about you? Have you ever had somebody tell you that? There's just something different about you. you. You just don't seem to be weighted down by these things. And you just seem like no matter what's going on, have you ever had that happen? Some of you would, I don't, would you like to have that happen? Well, that, that's how you learn to, to get into the presence of God. I'll never forget when I was in uh, Jacksonville, you know, I worked for uh, Citibank after, well, at Rama, got a job with uh, Citibank and we were doing mortgages and that stuff. And so I transferred back to Jacksonville and we were helping the, the Bruce and Cindy Black uh, start the church, you know, Destiny Family Church, no relation to the church in Newberry, but uh, starting the church there. And um, I was working and this lady came in and and uh, she was refinancing her house, and I'm working with her, and, and we're talking. And she just stopped, and she said, she's looked at me. She goes, she said, are you a Christian? I said, well, yes, ma'am, I am. She said, I can just tell. You, it just, I can just see it all over you. I can, just t- I can just tell. I can tell you're a believer. I can see it all over you. 
I'm like, well, thank God. I was like, that's a blessing. Well, when she left, my coworkers, my boss, and uh, other workers, like, I wonder what she saw over us. Because they weren't believers, you know. <laughs> and they actually made that comment. Well, I wonder what she saw when she looked at us. I kept my mouth shut, you know. I've... Well, that, that ought to be noticeable to people. Amen. But the scripture says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I want to talk tonight about our favorite topic. It is the topic in the church right now. It is the topic that is headlining every conference, every youth camp, every seminar, church seminar that's out there. It is the headlining title of it. It is the thing. You want to know what that is? It's called repent. Woo! It's definitely not headlining any of those things. Well, you haven't, you haven't seen a, re, a repent fest 2022. Guaranteed, that has not happened. Or, or camp repentance. You know, that, that, you know that, yeah. that's the new theme, theme for next year, guys. Uh, you know, that, no, that hasn't happened. It's not a subject that people get excited about, but it's an exciting subject because it says when we do it, when we know what it is, repent therefore and be converted. That may not excite you, but your sins being blotted out and times of refreshing that come from the Lord, that ought to excite you. Amen. Right. And you can't get that without repentance, right? Without repent and repentance, you keep, you don't get, you just don't get them without it. And so it's a blessing. It's a great topic and it's a great thing to talk. You know, we shouldn't shy away from these things. So many people, so many people out there, don't, there's certain things you want to stay away from. Don't talk about certain topics. Don't use certain words because, you know, people might get triggered or might upset them or just get under. No, we, this is what the Bible says. And this is what the Bible talks about. We need to be bold about these things in love, but led by the spirit. Amen. So I want to talk about uh, repentance, repent, repentance tonight. And uh, like I said, I know sometimes I can even be seen as a dirty word, but it's not. But um, we want to talk about what is repentance, uh, how important is repentance, are Christians supposed to repent, is repentance recognizable? And like I t- said, I told Steve, this will be short, I think we can, we can get in and get out. And, and then I realized, who am I talking about? We are not getting in and getting out quick, but, but it's going to be good, amen? So we're going to talk about those different topics, and we'll get it, maybe not that order, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about some things. And... Um, and uh, we'll get to it. Amen. Well, how important is repentance? I would encourage you to take some notes uh, if you're not already doing so. This will be a help to you. How important is the subject of repentance? I would say it's one of the most important subjects in the Bible. I know people don't like to talk about it, and some people may find it offensive. You do realize the gospel is offensive. The gospel is offensive. It, it, it is something that that causes people to bristle. You know, sometimes seeing people and situations need to be bristled if there's going to be change. You know, we can be so nice and just so pleasant and so politically correct and non-offensive and non, not saying mean or confrontational in a negative way, but we can be so quiet about certain things that we, or loving. Some people call that being loving, being accepting, I'm going to show the love of God. We can love people so well that we love them straight to hell. Right? And, and, And it's a shame that that happens. We need to make sure we're not doing that. But we've got to see it right. We have to understand what it is, how it works, and the importance in our own life so that we can then give it to somebody else. You know, I mentioned I worked at... um Citibank worked for them doing mortgages and, and Citibank is actually owned by was at the time. I don't know if they are now. I don't haven't worked there in a long time, but at the time, uh, they were owned by travelers insurance. It's one of the largest, would you say, you know, travelers insurance. They were, they're one of the big dogs. At least they were travelers insurance, a massive company. And, uh, as a result, you know, the, the mortgage company in, in, in Citibank had billions in assets. I mean, it was a huge, still is a huge, huge company. Well, they were owned by travelers. So travelers, there's even that much larger. And, um, as a result, you know, when you would, when you have these mortgages and you I'm sure you've experienced this with a car loan or maybe your house that there are these things called products, insurance products. I, f- I forget the terminology they probably use now, but they have these additional things that you can, you can buy, that you can uh, finance into your loan that for a, just a nominal monthly fee, just a small amount you, that's, you know, uh, uh, amortized over 15, 20, 30 years of your life. So it ends up not being as small of a thing as you think. But, um, 
for just, you know, $9 a month or $4 a month, you can have all these wonderful things. And so uh, since we were owned by a, a, an insurance company, um, you know, when we did these loans, and, and I'll be honest, I was not good at this. I didn't like doing it. Uh, you, we, we were forced, we were required to, as we're all, you know, going through the settlement statements and making all the presentations beforehand to offer these different insurance, uh, add-ons, monthly things that you can do. And, and, uh, uh, even in the process of closing the loan, once again, give you the option, you know, multiple times, you ever, anybody been there before? As much as you hate it, people are required to do it. You do know people are required to do it. Well, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't the best salesman. Because I hated a lot of those things. And, and there were always opportunities and stories. They'd, they'd want you to repeat stories of times where this really paid off. You know, somebody, you know, like Aflac, Aflac, and, and something happened. And, you know, and, and the duck came in, their version of the duck, and it paid the bill. And, you know, and how great it was. I've, I, anyway, whether you buy them or not, it's your business. I, I always think if they sell insurance on it, that means it's most likely you'll never need it. Because if you would, they wouldn't sell insurance. Doesn't make money to sell something they, they have to pay out on all the time. They'd go bankrupt if that was. Usually, if they're like extended warranties, they're selling all these extended warranties. That means the vast majority of people will never need that extended warranty. If they always needed that extended warranty on the TV they bought, they'd quit selling the product. But anyway, uh, they would want us to sell this, and I wasn't. My numbers were really good. I believe God for good numbers, and so my numbers were always really good. I always performed, you know, in the top top percentage of the state, you know, and, and, uh, but when it came to the insurance products, I had to say them, I had to go through them. And a lot of them were just, they were, they were bad. They were just, they were just bad. You know, if you, you could do the same thing by calling an insurance agency up and getting a separate policy would cover you and far cheaper. And so I would, I would go through the lines and I'd have the disclosure statement sitting out facing them. And, you know, you do it so many times you can, you can, you can tell all the words without even looking at what you're reading and you're, pointing at this one, explaining, and you're flipping them anyway. And they would get to the insurance thing, and I would stop. I said, now, I'm required to offer you these products. And I said, and they're wonderful. <laughs> I said, this first one, Credit Life, it is such a great deal. I'd just stare at it, and I'd shake my head, you know, like, I, I literally did that. I was like, some of them were terrible. And I would just, I would say, and, and you know, this, this job, whatever, if you, if you lose your job, it'll, it's wonderful. It, it's a great deal. And I'd shake my head no. And I would go through everything I'm supposed to say, but, but I was telling them something else at the same time. And so, you, you know, I didn't sell too many of those. I didn't have a whole lot of insurance and, and they didn't like it and they would talk to me about it. But my numbers as a whole were good enough they would say stuff and then they'd leave me alone because they knew that he's, he's, he's doing good loans, lots of loans. And I was real picky on what kind of loans I would do. If it was a bad loan, if I could tell that this one's going to come back, I'd let somebody else take it. You know, I'm not touching that. And with a 10 foot pole, I want no part of that loan. And so I was, I was able to be pretty selective, but there was one product that I, I liked a lot and we would get to it. It was called home and auto. It's like a, it was like a, uh, you know, a version of AAA and it was actually a really good deal. And and uh, what happens as working for the company, they gave us a policy of, of this home and auto. They gave it to us as an employee. We all got it because they wanted us to try it out. And when we got to that, it was actually pretty cheap. And, and I won't say who, but when we were in Jacksonville, somebody that I know locked their keys in the car and, and, and it wasn't me. And, and home and auto came and uh, came and opened the doors and we just called. And it was quick and easy. And there were several times we had to use it and it was wonderful. So when I got to that part... Um, <laughs> When I got to, not, not all keys, but when I got to that part of the, of the insurance thing, you know, credit life, and I'm like, it's a great, great, and I would always say the right words, it's great. And I'd, I, you know, sometimes our testimony, we say things are great, but our lifestyle say no, right? And so I was saying, uh, uh, it's a great product, shaking my head no. And then I say, you know, get to this, you know, you're, if you get ac- accidental dismember, if you, if you have dismemberment, you have bigger problems than anyway. But, you know, like I'd tell them, I, we get to home and auto, I'd be like, now home and auto? I'd, I'd suddenly I'd be like, home and auto, now that's a great product. I sold a lot of home and autos. Like I was adding home and auto products to my, my loans all the time because it was a good deal. And there were so many different ways you could use it. I was actually wondering how they kept offering it because eventually if you offer, if something gets used too much, they're going to cut it out. And I kept thinking at some point they're going to cut this out because people use this all the time. And so I would like encourage people, get the home and auto. And I sold home and auto all the time. Well, why did I tell you all that? Well, the subject of repentance is kind of like home and auto, right? If we don't understand what it is, if we're not comfortable with it, if, we, if, we're not, if we've not experienced the home and auto, the repentance home and auto, 
right? If we're not living in contact with our repentance home and auto, it's going to be hard to quote unquote sell it, to present it in a way that's going to be desirable to other people, right? And so if the church runs from the subject of repentance, what do you think people outside the church are going to do? They're going to run from the subject of repentance, and we'll look here in a minute how important the, the topic and the issue of repentance really is. We need to know what this is and, and not just mentally have an idea and know what we're talking about and even be able to, to read the script, to talk the Bible script of repentance. You know, I'm not even saying that, but to actually, because we're using it. I mean, you know, they would give us a script and, and I'd have to read the script about credit life and all these other things. And then we get to home and auto. I mean, I knew the topic. I knew the subject and I could do the script. I could throw in my own stories on it. Yeah, it's great. And you know, we, not me, but others in my house have used it. And yeah, it's been wonderful. And like, you know, all this stuff and people are like, yes, please sign me up. You know, and I would have people that would come in because that one had like terms. It would go for such, you know, if you did a house loan, a mortgage and, and, and the, the home and auto wasn't a 30 year period. You would do like a year on that at a time. It was a different product versus like credit life would be attached to you for the course of the loan, which made it huge. Well, the home and auto is cheap. You can cancel it anytime you want to. And, and people would come back after they, they had had it for six months or a year and the policy was canceling and like, Hey, I don't need to, I don't need to redo my mortgage. I just want to have another home and auto. I just want to do that. And I'd be like, bro, I can't help you. So it wasn't the bad. They didn't really have the thing worked out too well. I'm like, sorry. But people loved it that much. And so when I got to the describing home and auto, I would use the script. I'd use stories. I'd say, in fact, Joe was just here the other day. And he really was. And he wanted to. I will say this too. People can tell when you're making up stories, you're telling a real story. Right? You know what I'm talking about? You ever gone and you're buying something? And they use this story about something. And you think, man, you think I'm stupid. I got dummy written on my forehead. That did not happen, right? This guy came and, you know, just some, I was trying to think of something ridiculous. You know, alien showed up and said, well, nano, nano, we want home insurance. I mean, whatever, you know. No, that didn't happen. Well, I would tell the stories because, like, it really happened. And, and this was important. What, 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 I, what I'm saying, I had an intimate, active knowledge of what it was. I used it. I knew, I knew, I knew how it was benefiting others. I knew why it was a good deal, why it was important. And man, I could present that thing. Repentance is one of those things that we have to know and understand and, and not run from when you know what it is and you know how it works, you know how to present it. You know how to, how to lay it out. You know how to live it, first of all. Ooh, you know, that's important, right? I mean, I want people to be born again, but I don't want to miss out myself, right? I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't, want, to, I don't want to help others and myself not make it. So I want to make sure that in life I'm making it. In eternity I'm making it. I want to, and this is tied to repentance, but then I also want to know how to present it because it, there's freedom there. Because times of refreshing come and, and the, just the, the presence of God in our lives is such an important thing. Well, we, so we want to know how important is this? The Bible talks about the word, um, I should have brought my glasses out here, uh, repent or, or repented in the Strong's is used 39 times in the Old Testament. Uh, repentance, the word repentance in the Strong's is 24 times in the New Testament. Repent is 22 times in the New Testament and repented is 15 times in the New Testament. Now, there, there, there are other variations of the word repented, repenting, repentant, different things that are out there, but just those three, repentance, uh, repent, repentance, and repented is used a lot in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Now, the times that those words are translated repent, repentance, repented, there are different Hebrew and Greek words that are used and most of them are tied together. They have similar meanings or they're, they're, they're connected to one another. Like repentance, uh, one way to say it, repentance, repent, repent is an action. It's a verb. And then repentance is what happens when you repent. You're in a position or state of repentance, right? So it's connected to the action. So the meanings are very, it's a different Greek word, but they're tied together. There are other words in the Bible that are translated repented or repentance, one of those words that have nothing to do really with what true repentance even is. And sometimes it can be kind of confusing what it is and what it isn't. But the Bible talks about it quite a bit. Uh, we can see the importance of how something, uh, how important it is about how often it's talked about. Go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 3. Anybody know what time I started? 
I use half my time talking about insurance and, and home and auto. And if you can get that home and auto, bless God, it is the will of the Lord. Amen. This is not a plug for, for home and auto, but if it's available, I would get it if they're listening. All right, so I have AAA now, but, you know, we got AAA just because we loved home and auto so much. I mean, I'm basically married to home and auto at this point. Like, I love it. Anyway, um, so... You can see how important a subject is by who talked about it. So go to Matthew chapter 3, Matthew the third chapter. A lot of things I'm thankful for, including home and auto. Amen. (laughs) Matthew chapter 3. What's wrong with this guy? I don't know. Ask me later. All right, Matthew chapter 3, we'll start in verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who has, who has spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his path. So the prophet Isaiah said that of, the, of John the Baptist, that he would be a voice crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his path. So that's the message that he had. How many think that John the Baptist, his ministry was important? I mean, it, it was important now, especially for the people alive during that time. For us, you know, I never heard one of his messages and we can't get the recording. So I don't, I don't know exactly how it went. I don't know what he sounded like. I can't see the video of it. So for us, his message probably isn't the most important for us personally affecting our life. But for the people where he lived, his day and time, this was the, not a message, but the message of the hour. There's a lot of things that could be talked about. In fact, John the Baptist, it had been a long period of time without a prophet in the land at all. And so when, the, when there was finally a prophet restored to the nation of Israel, what was he doing? He was speaking about, uh, he, was, he was, where is my place? Uh, prepare the way to the Lord, make straight the path, his path. That was his assignment. There's no more important assignment than that. Right? I mean, this is the one that, that, that they had been looking for, uh, the Jewish people had been looking for since the beginning uh, of, of their existence. And this is what they were all looking for, should have been, right? And so this is what John the Baptist came to do. But notice his words he used to proclaim and to convey the message that Isaiah said. Remember, prepare the way of the Lord. What were the actual words he used? He said what? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So he was sent to prepare the way of the Lord to make straight his path. And he did it by saying what? It's not a trick question. He, he, he did it by saying what to him? Repent. Repent. He said he did it by saying repent for the kingdom of heaven as at hand. So you can go to Mark 1, 4 and Luke 3, 3 if you like. If you're taking notes, you can read that. So we can see that, that the ministry of John the Baptist was a ministry of what? Repentance. He didn't say, hey guys, my name's John. I wear hairy animal skin, eat locusts. You guys ought to be good to one another. That's not what he said, you know. You guys ought to not do wrong things. He didn't, he didn't, wasn't trying to sugarcoat it. He just got out there and said, repent. Now I know our culture, some people may run from that, but we, we should not run from that. Sometimes the thing you need to hear is the thing people least want to hear. Amen. I'm glad I heard the word repent at a young age. Amen. Thank God for that. So John the Baptist, his ministry was a ministry of repentance. Go to Mark chapter 1. Mark, the first chapter. Ooh, thank God. Is this all right? All right, good deal. If it's not, I don't have anything else for you, so uh, this will have to be good. Mark chapter 1. We'll look in uh, verse 12 here. Now, this is speaking of Jesus. We've already talked about uh, John the Baptist. Now we're looking at Jesus here. It said, immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. This is after he had, John the Baptist had baptized him. And, and uh, when, he, when he came up out of the water, the, a dove, you know, the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. And, and immediately it says here that the Spirit drove him or led him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, who was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. I am so glad you know, when I think about this, this is what happened here, and this, this account's not the topic tonight, but you, know, you realize the enemy threw the, his best he had at Jesus right there. I mean, when, when he stepped into his public ministry, the devil threw the very best he had to throw at him 
And Jesus was victorious. Amen. Now, we, we, we don't know all the details of what happened. We know that he presented different things and Jesus withstood him. But I can't wait to get to heaven and pop in the DVD and watch actually what went down on that during those encounters. It's going to be amazing. All of hell was like, oh, they knew who Jesus was. And, and they wanted to tempt him and, and do all of the things that would derail us. They threw their very best at him. And he stood strong, right? He was anointed by the Spirit of God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. We need to have the Holy Ghost operating in our life. Amen. It says, uh, he was tempted by Satan, was with the wild beasts. The angels ministered to him. Now, verse 14. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Does it sound a lot like John the Baptist's message, right? He said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. What? Repent. And believe in the gospel. If you uh, read Matthew chapter 4 verse 17, I'll read it to you. From that time after when he began his earthly ministry, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we know the ministry uh, or, the, or the topic, the subject of repentance and to repent is important because it's talked about a lot. But John the Baptist, it was his ministry. It was the forerunner to the coming of the Lord and Savior. And then Jesus himself, he picked that ministry up. He picked up that declaration. He picked up that command of repentance. And what did he do? He began to repeat it. He said, repent and believe the gospel. So Jesus validates and shows us the importance of because Jesus championed the topic of repentance. Go to Acts chapter 2. And I'll just say as you're turning there, you know, we've already said it. People, we need, people need to hear this. Now, there, there's a part of just being, if you've ever gone somewhere and there's somebody maybe standing on a, on a box or on a corner and they're saying the words repent and they maybe have a little microphone or a bullhorn and ever, ever been there before and they're, and they're doing this and, and people aren't listening and, and, and it's kind of, it's harsh and it's, it's angry and it's, you know, everybody know what I'm talking about? And, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying that we should look down on someone's heart or say that what they're doing is wrong based on people's response. But what I'm saying is we need to be led when we talk about these things. When we present the gospel and present the truth, we need to do it in love. How many know love is honest with people? I said love is honest with people. If you really love somebody, you won't, you won't try to sugarcoat it. When I mean sugarcoat it, a lot of times sugarcoat, people think that means be sweet. But oftentimes sugarcoat means to like take the edges off, to make it more palatable, add a little other things to it little other stuff to the, to the cookie, you know, to try to make it taste better. We, we, we don't have the right to add to the gospel. You do realize we don't have the right to add to it, nor do we have the right to take away from it. As true followers of Christ, if we're, if we're here to, you know, we're completing his ministry. If we're going to do that, we have to talk the way he talked. We've got to talk about the things that he talked about. And to, to change the message, to make it more palatable, I think that Jesus and the Holy Spirit, because he did it in the power of the Holy Spirit, I think, I believe Jesus and the Holy Spirit, two parts of the Godhead, knew how to reach people better than you or I do, right? We, we have a problem in the modern church. If you don't know it, there's a problem in the modern church that, that there are many people that identify as Christians, but they say they're Christians in, in but the, the reality is they're Christians from a social standpoint and from a cultural standpoint. There, we have a lot of cultural Christians that if you have to identify with a religion, they're going to say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. But how many realize that, that, that salvation is not a, about identifying with a culture? You do church has, you know, cult, church has a culture. There is a church culture that's out there. Well, being a part of a church culture doesn't, doesn't gain, gain anyone, anybody entrance into heaven. You know, he, he, when, you, when we stand before the Lord and he opens up, it's not the book of culture. It's the book of life, right? And it's not are you a member of a church. It's is your name written in the book of life. Well, we have to be honest with people and tell them the truth, but do it in love. Love will, will call a spade a spade. You know that saying, it means it is honest. I don't know where that came from. I don't know what it means exactly, but I mean the technical meaning, but it means, you know, they don't shy away from things. I mean, we're, we're upfront, we're honest about who we are, but we also, when things come up, I know at work conversations come up. 
right? Conversations come up that sometimes there are people that that's a little dicey. Things come up in school. Issues come up. I, you know, I'll never forget in college, you know, uh, uh, in a sociology class, they would specifically bring up topics that just to get the debate going. And oftentimes they were topics that the purpose of the debate and the person, the people on one side of the debate that oftentimes there was hostility toward was those on the Christianity side. Anybody, anybody experienced that before? And things get brought up at work and things get brought up in different places. And there's boldness. People, they're bold to talk about this and to talk about that. And I believe this and I believe you, you ought to do that. And I believe this is the way it is. But man, there's pressure to be quiet on our part. Everybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, we're, everybody's open-minded. We're accepting, we're open-minded. But the minute you say the gospel, there are many topics that are out there today. I mean, stuff like, like even gender identity. We were talking about this with Brother Randy the other day when we went to lunch. The, the issue of gender identity. Do you, do you know how? We, we've had teenagers come to the youth. Come to church. And, and I'll be honest with you. We, we, don't, we don't play any games about stuff. I mean, we'll call it like it is. We'll use the lingo that they understand. You guys know what I'm talking about? We'll like, like uh, this, that, and the other. And sometimes we've had people like, oh, I can't believe they just said it. We're going to say it. You know, we got to be real with people, right? And I know we have kids here, so, you know, little kids, so we don't do that in this setting. But, you know, your teenagers are, are faced with stuff that, things that when I was a teenager, they were not, things were not happening and being discussed like this, right? They need to, we need to be straight with them. Parents, don't try to hide stuff from your kids. Talk to your children about stuff. They need to hear it from you before they hear it from their friends who are completely confused or by teachers who don't know the Lord at all. Anyway, another topic. But these subjects come up and, and you know, uh, there, there is a, there is a, there is a compulsion, right? I mean, there, there's a, there is a, there's pressure. There's a compulsion. There's almost like this unseen force. It is an unseen force. You don't see it here, but it's a real force that wants to get you to keep your mouth shut or to say things super nice so that what you said isn't heard at all, Right? Well, Jesus is accepting. Who says Jesus loves everybody? He loves everybody, but that doesn't mean he, he accepts everybody. Doesn't mean he's happy with everybody. But that's not the message of the day. And so often Christians are like, well, they don't want to make people upset. They don't want to upset anybody, so I'm going to be real quiet about it. That, that's a mistake. Well, if I do, people won't like me. Didn't Jesus say if they hated me, they might not like you either? Isn't that what he said? He said, if they hated me, they, they might have a problem with you. No, he said, they're going to hate you too. And in fact, it's a blessing to be hated, not because you're being a jerk. You can take things too far and just be a jerk about it. But in love, speaking the truth, people won't like it, but they need to hear it. The subject of gender identity. It's crazy. There are 470,000 different genders. You know, and, and I mean, I don't know what it is, but it's something crazy. There's all these different genders and, and all these things you can identify as. And, you know, I just don't feel like this. And I don't feel like that. And, and I want to do this. And, and we say it, but it's really sad. It's, it's really sad. It wasn't that long. I don't know what the, it, you know, uh, there was a scientific term for people. It was a mental disorder for people who didn't know what gender were they were. Now, just say, listen, if you're here tonight and you're struggling with that, the word of God will set you free. We're not judging you. There's hope for you. And people need to know there's hope, but we can't offer hope if we just agree with them. We can't offer hope if we just say, well, you know, you don't, you could be whatever. I mean, I don't know. I believe this, but you know, everybody's got their own truth. No, there's only one truth. Where do we get to this idea that truth is relative? The truth is the truth. Either the sky is blue or it's, well, it may not be when it's dark out, but it's never polka dots. And if it is, we need, we need help, right? I mean, there's all these things, well, it's just, well, it's just the way I feel. How you feel? We're not, you don't, we're not being hateful, but how you feel doesn't change what you are. I can feel like a dog right now. I can feel like a merry-go-round. Does it make me one? No. 
And, it, and it, I use comical excuses, but this is a real thing that's out there. And people are genuinely confused. It is oppression from the devil. And people who are suffering from it, it is, it's not of God. It's, it's, it's something, it's a spiritual thing that, that the enemy has done to try to rob people of their future. Yeah. To rob people of their identity as a human being and then who, therefore who they can be in Christ. It's there to keep them from being the sons and daughters God has made available for them to be. Well, we have got to be honest about this stuff. And there are times you have to call it. Listen, I know I, I've, I've told people I love you, but what you're talking about is wrong. Who's, who's you to say it's wrong? It's not for me to say. I just know this is what the Bible says. Now, if they don't want to believe the Bible, great. But if I do believe the Bible, I have a responsibility to repeat what the Bible says, the way the Bible says it. There's a lot of topics that people get really bent out of shape about. Well, we, we, have, to, we, have, to call us, we have to call it like it is, but we can do it in love, led by the Spirit of God. In love, led by the Spirit of God. Now, it doesn't mean everybody's going to like what you said, but you've got to give them the opportunity to hear the truth, right? And then we live it in front of them by walking in love with them, by extending mercy and by loving them, not accepting everything that they do as, as being okay, but loving them in spite of these things. Listen, I love you. God loves you. I've told people on the phone, listen, I've had people call and want to talk about this, want to talk about that. Listen, I love you. But I love you enough to say, this is what the Bible says. And if you continue down this path, I don't want this to happen to you. If you continue down this path, if you don't repent, if you don't repent, repent is tough because it's an admission of guilt. That's what you need to repent. But repent goes beyond just admission of guilt and acknowledgement of guilt. There's other things tied to it. We'll talk about it, but we have to present that. I know it's difficult. I know it's difficult. I know it's difficult. But for the gospel to be spread, the sons and daughters of the king have got to represent the king. And not what other people think about us, not what other people want us to do. But what did Jesus say? What did the Bible say? If I love you, I'm going to love you enough to tell you the truth. I'm going to be led. There are sometimes the being led is keeping your mouth shut. But too often we go to the keep our mouth shut part. Not led by the Lord. It's led by insecurity or don't want to rock the boat. There are times I've had the Lord tell me to be quiet. Don't say a word. And I just sit there. I remember I was working at keep talking about Citibank. There were many times conversations came up outside of Home and Auto. And things would, would come up, you know, and, and I was silent. You saw y'all see that? Anyway, it was it was raining in here. It was spit. Anyway, I mean there were topics would come up if you're listening online. Deborah spit. Anyway, um that's <laughs> kidding. Uh, no, it was me. I was talking. Uh, there were times topics would come up that I mean I, I, you know what? I wasn't going to be a part of it. Things were getting discussed and I would check my heart. They all knew who I was. When we moved back from, from, from Oklahoma and now we're in Jacksonville. Now when I was, we were in Oklahoma and when I worked there, there were several people. My, 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 the guy in the office that I was the closest with, he was, he was, uh, uh, he was an ORU grad, loved God with all of his heart. He was a sold out believer. I mean, he loved God passionately. He was, he was over the, and it was great. And you might say, well, I don't have that at work. When I moved to Jacksonville and we transferred, I was in that environment. I didn't have anybody. It was me and everybody else. I was the, I was the preacher. You talk about being bad when you're a Christian. That's one thing. But when you're a preacher, Oh, it's, it's a whole nother level of that, right? I mean, you are branded as you are automatically, you are, you are, you are, you are, I don't know what word you say. They're probably not good ones. I mean, you, when you are that guy, you are, you are what? You're extreme. You are, you are, uh, 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 what's the word everybody wants you to be? It wants you to be tolerant. You are the most intolerant person. You are, I mean, you know, everybody know what I'm talking about? And, and there's pressure there to like, to like shut up so that, you know, you don't want to confirm their bias. They have that bias because they don't know the Lord. They have that bias because their father, if you're not born again, you love them. But if they're not born again, Jesus said, he said, you 
Talking to the religious, you're talking about being honest. People say, that's not love. It was love. He said, you, to the religious leaders, you are of your father. He didn't say the other guy. He didn't say, you are of your father, the guy we don't like. He said, he didn't try to sugarcoat it. He said, you are of your father. Right? Maybe he did that. I don't know. Maybe he said, you are of your father, the devil. I mean, I don't know what he did, but he definitely said, you are of your father, the devil. Right? Did they need to hear that? What if they didn't know? I'm sure most of them didn't know. Think about it. The religious leaders, they did not know. Now, did they like it? Most of them didn't because they tried to kill them. Over the next three years, they're trying to kill him all the time. They're trying to do things, but they're trying to kill him didn't mean he wasn't right. They're trying to kill him didn't mean they didn't need to hear what he had to say. They needed to hear this. It's a sad thing that these people encountered the Savior. And not only did they encounter the Savior, the Messiah, the promised one, they had worked Harder than anybody else, just about. The leaders were working harder than anybody else to know, to, to, to welcome the Messiah. Talked about him all the time. You know, we're looking forward to the Messiah. And he showed up. They didn't know it. And so they came into contact with him. He told them, listen, you're of your father, the devil. And, and most of them didn't like it. There were some who believed, but out of fear of the Jews. They didn't say anything, but most didn't believe it at all. Those people today, if they didn't change... Do you realize 2,000 years has come and gone and those same people, real people, real lives, real everything, as real as you, as real as me, dreams, desires, family, people they loved, real memories, those same people 2,000 years today ago, those same people today are somewhere and if they didn't change, they didn't go to heaven. And for the last 2,000 years, they have been conscious every day of their separation from God. Is that a big deal? Is that, is that a big deal? Would any of us want to, to experience one day of that? An environment that is completely, totally, 100%. People, well, how bad is hell? An environment that is 100% void of anything good. Of anything good. Of one ounce of the grace of God. Think about the worst possible thing you can think of happening on this earth. There's something, there's still good to be found. The next breath. The hope of getting free. I mean, all the things you can think of that people have suffered and gone through. None of that is there. I mean, imagine the horror of that. Is it right to be like, well, I don't want to offend you? Is it right? Is it right to go about our lives and not be looking, not looking here for opportunities, but looking to hear for opportunities? To speak the truth. To be the mouthpiece, the, 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 the person that God would use. This isn't, a, this isn't an awful thing. This is, a, this is a huge blessing and responsibility. It's a huge opportunity to be the one to vocalize the goodness of God. To, to express the love of God when there are times where people need to say, you need to say, hey, listen, that thing that you're living for, that thing that you're giving, there's a lot of stuff people give their lives to defend and they'll, they'll lose their lives defending it. But we get to say, hey, what you're talking about is not right. The Bible says this, you need to repent. You need to repent. You need to repent from that. Kind of got kind of serious, right? But that is really what, what we're up against. That is the assignment I mean, like, I, I'm grateful for the blessings of God and all of those things, they're wonderful. And favor, I have favor, everybody likes me. Sometimes people, people value favor above truth. 
If I speak the truth, I'll lose my favor. Trust God enough to be led by the Spirit of God and say what he wants you to say. Will you catch some grief? Absolutely. But you might give the right thing that will set somebody free. Somebody did it for you. Right? Well, it may cost me. I may not get the promotion. I may lose my job. If you're being led by the Spirit of God, if you're being led by the Spirit of God, the enemy may try to do things to you, but God will see you through. If you're at work and the Lord prompts you, that's why you need to pray in the Holy Spirit. That's why we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There were plenty of times Jesus could have said, you're of your father, the devil. He chose the one time to do it. There were other times where he was around the same people and the, the message was the same. What hit the, the, the reality was the same, but at the time, the Spirit of God wasn't leading him to do that. Now, there might have been other times that aren't recorded. I'm sure there are probably other things, but he did every, every Sadducee and Pharisee he came across. He didn't say, you have your father the devil. You have your father the devil. You have your father the devil. He didn't do that, right? Because he'd had no time to do anything else. But when he was prompted well, how do you know he was? Because he was the son of God. He had the Holy Spirit without measure. And if he said it, it was right. And he declared those things. Listen, that's why you need the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you have to call sin, sin. Sometimes when the conversation comes up at work, you've got to be like, no, that's not right. There were times that I'd be at the office and I'm quiet. Sometimes they would pressure me. Well, Greg, what do you think about it? Sometimes they just wanted to argue and I knew it. I checked my heart and be like, I don't know. Or I'd say, well, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, what are y'all talking about? I knew what they I got big ears. I knew what they were talking about. I'd act like, you know, I didn't, what are they discussing? I knew exactly what was going on, right? But I'd play dumb. Other times, they'd ask me and I'd be like, well, check my heart. That whole deal right there you just talked about, that, that's wrong. How dare you say that? Well, the Bible says this. And this is the way it's supposed to work. And this is what happens if you do it right. And, and if this, when you don't do this, this is what happens. And You understand what I'm saying? There's so many topics out there. We're, we're, we're as, we've let the world tell us what we can and can't talk about. Too much of the church has let the world define the narrative. This is, I'm way off what I was going to talk about. You realize that Jesus paid enough to define the narrative. His blood secured the narrative. It's, it'll be the narrative of eternity. It, it'll, be, it'll be the way things are said, the way things are believed, the way things are walked out. We get to walk that out here. We, 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 we've got to be responsible. We can't avoid. Can't avoid speaking the truth. You also can't avoid with dealing with it in your own life. It's kind of like that home and auto. If you're, if you're going to be good at presenting it, you've got to know how it works for you. Well, you know, I dealt with something. What will people, what will people think if they knew I had that problem? They might, actually be, they might actually be open to what you've got to say. Right? Well, you know, I had this thing going on in my life, and, and the Bible said this, and, you know, I just, I just obeyed. I just did what it said. I didn't, and to be honest, I didn't even understand why. I just, that's what the Bible said, and so I just, I just did it. And I tell you what, when it did, I called and they opened my doors. They gave me gas when I ran out of gas. They, you know what I'm saying? You begin to, 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 to talk about the benefits. When I submitted, then clarity came. When I did what, what the Bible said, you know, when I, when I, oh, don't talk about money. Get into money, right? Well, when I began to tithe and to give, God began to bless me. How? I remember we had a girl I worked with when I moved to, to, to the same company, moved to Gainesville. Because when I, I moved with Citibank, to the Gainesville office, and we moved here, and I worked there part time for a year and a half or so. Or, and uh, one of the girls there, you know, she 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 could not contain herself. She got. They were talking about. It was one of those moments where I'm being quiet, and they're talking about complaining about money and the economy. This was in, in 2000. We moved back here at what time? 2003, right? So there was there was stuff going on, and 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 there's you know there's always stuff going on. Right? There's always things going on. And the conversation, you say, well, will, will things get better? The conversation is, when you're, the, un, the ungodly will not be in hateful just if you're in the wrong family. Conversations are going to go the wrong way. And if you're in the wrong family, you're going to experience lack and not having enough. If you're in the wrong family, 
When your, de- your dad is this guy, devil, he doesn't do good stuff for his kids, right? So the conversation went away, and they're talking about how tough things were and how they couldn't afford. And one of the girls, her name was Allison. She worked with me. She was my age. And uh, she, was, she was just, she was, they were just getting into it. I'm being quiet. And she got, she was like, well, how come it is that you pointed at me? And I forget her exact word. She said, how is it that you've got a house? And my husband and I have been working for years and we can't get enough money for a down payment. How do you have a house? I said, well, I mean, I'm being quiet. She asked me a question and she was kind of irritated. I said, well, God's just been good to us. My wife and I, we've tithed, we've given. When we first got married, you know, we lived in the sticks and nowhere and we had a cheap place and we sewed big time. We get, and they're like, what? I'm like, I mean, you asked me. And so we, we, we gave a mortgage payment every month to the building fund. We didn't have a mortgage payment for us. So we, we sewed one every single month and we gave until it hurt. It was painful. But when you're on the other side of it, it was painful. And there were times like I could do something else with this money, but the Lord pressed us to do it. So man, we just gave and gave and gave. And I don't know when the time came, we just had the money for it. Because she's like, we work the same job. We get paid the same amount. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how it works. It's not my job to know how it works. It's just my job to know how to work it. Right? It's my job to know how to work it. And then he figures out how it works. And so, like, I, I don't know. But that's what the Bible says. And that's what we did. And this is what happened. So, right? What if I'd said, well, you know. Just keep, it's going to work out for you one day, sister. Oh, I feel your pain. It's going to work out. I just, I just, I'm happy thoughts your way. Happy thoughts, happy thoughts, happy thoughts. You know that garbage people talk about? Can you send some positive vibe? What is a positive vibe anyway? Woo! I mean, you know, we, and we do then try to make him feel better. There's no answer in that. A positive vibe never got anybody out of poverty. Right? just makes you comfortable being miserable, which is even worse, right? But you got to be, you got to, by the Spirit of God, what would he say? And in one sense, you could even say, you need to repent where your finances are concerned. So if we know what repentance is, we can present repentance. We don't always have to use the word. Because that situation would have been weird. Well, sister, just repent where you're fine. That would be weird, but I said, you know, I will get into what repentance is. I'd be like, well, this is what we did. It's what the Bible said. And we made a decision. This is what we're going to do. We're going to put God's word first. We're going to put it into practice. And voila, it just worked. Repentance is a big deal. It's the longest introduction in the history of Impact Family Church. I don't know. He said, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> Let's give it another hour. Can we earn that right? Can we, can, not as many laughs that time. All right. So I know we've uh, had a busy week. Uh, repentance is an important, an important topic. I wrote this as preachers of the gospel. That's all of us. You know, that's not just because I'm Pastor Greg. I don't want pastor in front of my name because I've got to do it. No, we're all preachers of the gospel. You as you are preaching something every single day of your life, you're preaching something. As preachers of the gospel, all of us, we shouldn't run from the word repent, shouldn't run from the concept of, of when the Spirit of God leads us to call out the differences, to live out the differences. It's a part of who we're called to be. We'll look more about what repentance is and what it looks like at another time. I got another really good uh, set of scriptures for the value of repentance. Or is it important? It's vital. So what's our, what's our, you know, what's our, what's our application? What can we do with this? Let's, let's change the way we look at this. You know, this really involves changing the way we look at and we approach everything we know of his word. Right? Every topic, every issue. Most issues, from the world's perspective, it's, it's, it's offensive. 
Most true, most truths in God's word to the world's perspective, they're offensive, right? They're offensive to them. What it means, because it points out, the gospel always points out where you're missing it. It has to point out where you're missing it. It has to point out where God's word, part of the reason why it points out where we're wrong. That's what the scripture says. It lets you know when you're wrong. That's offensive. And there's not a single person in the room that passed fourth grade math, which I don't even know what fourth grade math is. I did pass it, but I don't know what it is, what that, you know. Never passed addition, subtraction, second grade, first grade, whatever. Not a single person in the room passed it without first being told you weren't right. Well, two plus two, I feel like that's 27. Oh, I, I, listen, I, you can, that's, that's the new math, right? That's what they're doing now. I mean, you know, listen, two plus two, it's four. It's not four and a half. It's not 38. It's not, it, it's just four. Anybody in the room that you like never got a question wrong on a math test growing up, you were always perfect. Anybody? Any liars in the room tonight? Oh, there we are. We're back there. All right. So, <laughs> no, we all had to be told we were wrong. I think about Jay, just, you know, recently graduating. Michelle, I mean, they had a lot of education went in nurses and different people. A lot of education goes in things that people do. I'm glad that somebody told them that's not the way we do it. That's wrong. Because if I'm going to go see them, I don't want them to treat me how they feel like treating me. Well, it's Tuesday and, you know, I know you, you know, you had a sore throat. I think we'll take your left leg. No, right? No, there's a way, there's a right way to treat it. There's a wrong way to treat it. <laughs> was that Carol Burnett thing? You know, you know, you kept, remember Carol Burnett and the guy was going into surgery and you kept telling him, don't let him take your liver or whatever it was, you know, I'm. You know, I've got a headache. Don't let them take your liver. No, I'm just, I'm just having an ingrown toe. Don't let them take your liver. You know, like they kept, it was this ridiculous skit. No, I mean, you, 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 you have to, you have to be told no to be good at something. We have to be able to be told no. If we're going to grow in our walk with God, we have to be able to be accept a no and then do something with the no. Right. And, and while it's offensive to some, that's freedom to others. That's freedom to you and I. Well, we owe it to people to get to, to know what it is and to be able to, you know, accurately, compassionately, truthfully declare what God's word says. Amen. That's all saying. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, your compassion. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for the truth of your word. Father, thank you that you've helped us see the value of repentance where our salvation is concerned. Lord, repentance and, and, and is, is, is key to being born again. Thank you for those that presented the truth. Thank you for your spirit that revealed this to us. We're so very grateful. Father, this week, as we, we leave here tonight, Lord, we, we open ourselves up personally. I open myself up personally to the correction of your word, to the, the, the illumination of areas in my life where change needs to happen, where repentance needs to occur, where I need to repent. Father, thank you for helping me to see those things. Thank you for the grace that as I obey, that you are sure to provide, that you've promised us. Lord, I'm thankful for that. Lord, we make a commitment. If you agree with this, you can, you can just agree with me. Father, we make a commitment to pursue you, to pursue your heart so that we can profess your heart, so that we can display your heart, so that we can speak your heart, that our words would be true words that are well-seasoned, but that are real to the heart of the situation of those we come into contact with. Father, we make a commitment to listen to your spirit, to be led by you, to pray in the spirit, to strengthen ourselves, to build up who we really are on the inside by praying in the spirit so that we can be 
the mouthpiece and the, the, the one that you've called us to be, to speak truth, to speak life, and to talk about repentance when necessary. It's a privilege, it's an honor. Father, we thank you for it. In the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus, amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.